You know what that sound means? It means it's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? My name is Mike. I'll be your host this evening. I'm joined by no one. That's okay, because I have a very special episode for you. We have been invited as a podcast by my friend Don to his film festival that he has been running every year. Uh, It originally was supposed to be in person. But of course, COVID did things that it usually does. So the last couple of years have been virtual. This is the first real year it's been done in person. And lucky enough, I was able to attend. Jill and Andre, unfortunately, were not able to attend at this time. There's still a chance they could make it as of this recording. Uh, It is Tuesday, December 20th. If you are hearing this right now, You also have a chance to attend since it is a virtual event. That is the Yule Film Festival. Y-U-L-E, of course, because it's Christmas related or this time of year related, I should say, more so. I highly recommend it. I cannot recommend it enough. So if you hear this day one, I highly recommend that you try to see this on the 21st. That is the reason why I am timestamping this. Usually I try not to timestamp it. If you cannot see it on the 21st, don't worry. I'm going to tell you all about the ones I have seen. Unfortunately, there's two categories I did not see because they are virtual and because I am working. So I will not be able to see those on the 21st. But if you can, please tell me what you think of them because truthfully, this festival was outstanding. But I'll get into more about that after I tell you what beer I am drinking. It is the Christmas season and there is a 12-pack sampler from Beer Hug is what it was called. And so I was originally like, oh, Beer Hug, I've never heard of this. Is this a new brewery or is this a new style of beer or whatever? So I bought it, not even looking any further into it, opened it up, and on the cans is a big old Goose Island symbol. Being from Chicago, I do love Goose Island, so I have nothing wrong with this situation. So I am drinking Secret Beer Hug, number one. It is 6.5% volume. It is a hazy IPA and it's really really good it's so far of the 12 because each there's four beers three of each one this has been my favorite of the ones so far that I have only tasted three out of the four though but this has been my favorite so far so I highly recommend the secret beer hug number one all right now on to our main topic which is the Yule Film Festival I'm going to tell you all about the films I have seen And then if there's time, I'm going to rate them 1 through 10 for the top 10. There is way more than 10, but I already don't think I'm going to have enough time for a top 10, let alone a top, I'm pretty sure it's 35 films that I saw. I didn't get to the end of my count before I decided to say, yeah, I'm not going to have time to review them all. Truthfully. And I'm also going to review each per their category. Each one was direct uh, was put into a different category. I'm going to rate each one in their category one through however many there are. I think the most is seven. If you are listening and you submitted a film to this festival and you hear yourself as number seven in your category, please understand everything I saw was excellent. More than excellent. Everything was amazing. I am extremely proud of the films that I saw. They should be extremely proud as well, especially with some of these categories. It's just more so everything was good. So being less good than everything else, not a problem. And truthfully, 
There's going to be winners on this Wednesday. I'm not going to be able to see it, so if you see that as well, please let me know what the winners are. Um, if you are one of the winners, you can tell me you told me so. This is just my personal opinion. And again, everything I saw was excellent. Everybody should be extremely proud if you are hearing this and you think, well, he rated me last. He rated me the worst of the bunch. I was not in the top 10. Trust me, this is just my personal opinion, and I think everything was excellent, so you all should be very proud. Okay, enough of that. I know, I've rambled on for so long at this point. Let's just get to the films, Mike. What the fuck are you doing? Let's talk some movies. So I'm going to read the order they were presented in, and then when I get to the end of a category, I will give you my one through however many rating of each film. So, we started out the film festival with Best Student Short. The first film that was shown was called How to Tie a Tie. Uh, It is a flashback slash a flash forward. So basically, the story mostly takes place in the past of a dad trying to show his son how to tie a tie. It is done from the kid's POV most of the film, so you see the dad through his eyes. Uh, When you're in the flash forward... It is the kid a little older. Um, Basically, he's remembering the advice. Sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes he remembers, oh, yeah, you were supposed to do this. And the dad goes, no, that's not right. And then he remembers, oh, yeah, I was supposed to do this. Um, It was a little predictable in the end because he was remembering this advice before he went to his dad's funeral. But... As somebody who was taught how to tie a tie from my dad, it was definitely enjoyable because it's something that I could definitely relate to. And it's definitely something that I think a lot of people could relate to because we all learned how to tie a tie through someone, whether it's our dad, a parental figure, or somebody that just wanted to help us out. I I think it was very good, very thought-provoking in the fact that it, it struck me, you know? So, that is How to Tie a Tie. That was the first film. The second film of the best student short is called To Beirut. Uh, It is a man who is speaking in French the entire time. He lives in Paris. But he is basically sending a love letter to Beirut, which he has been relocated to. Um, It is filled with lovely shots of Paris. uh, Lovely shots of people walking down streets that are absolutely gorgeous. And then, in the middle of it, it just turns where we see the war-torn Beirut. And it's really hard to see because especially the huge juxtaposition of Paris and then Beirut seeing it under siege and everything like that. I thought it was very well done in the fact that there was this huge change. You hear that it's called to Beirut. You know you're going to see some of the war-torn imagery. And especially because... I think it's very well done in the fact that it is a love letter completely done in subtitles where you see this person that has this absolute love for Beirut and just understands they're going to be back there one day, hopefully. Hopefully, I can't even say it at this point, but hopefully. And though Paris is beautiful, they still find their love for Beirut. Um, I thought it was very moving and very... um, uh, Something that... (sighs) It was just something that I think was very well done in the fact that you knew what was coming, but it still kind of caught you off guard. 
You know, it still kind of caught you, especially seeing some of the bombings and some of that. Um, you never see a person die, but you know there's devastation. You know there's there's hurt people, injured people, dead people. Uh, it's something that definitely hits home. Number three of the movies in the best student short was called Rocky Road. Um, this one was delightful and especially a good follow to, to Beirut. Um, it's definitely a lot more humorous. It is a college student and his best friend who is a rock with googly eyes. Um, basically, they're doing their thing. They they have these fun adventures. You know, the kid at one point is being held up by a bully and the rock just kind of rolls in there and the bully kind of goes, oh, my bad, man. I didn't know you were friends with Rocky. Um, <laughs> it was definitely hysterical. One day, the rock goes missing. And so heartbroken and looking for him everywhere, the college student goes into a depressive, though hilarious state, um, putting posters up. Have you seen this rock? I miss him. And sometimes coming home and just absolutely throwing himself on the bed to cry. And eventually the rock does come back. But of course, he has a rock wife and a rock child. There's no words said throughout this thing. It's just kind of like sound effects and music, but everything is said perfectly. You exactly know everything that happened in the story. Uh, this was definitely easily, I'm giving you spoilers here, but this is definitely my favorite of the category. I like drama. I think drama is very hard to do, don't get me wrong, but I think humor is harder to do. And this one hit all the right humor strings. It wasn't too long. Where you're kind of like, okay, come on, I know where this is going. But it also wasn't too short where you're kind of gypped on the storyline. I think everything was said perfectly without a single word. So this was definitely my favorite of the student short category. Next up was I Love What You Have Done With The Place. Uh, basically, a girl escapes a horde of zombies into a cellar. The beginning of this is just her looking around the cellar. It's completely dark except for the glow around her face and then whatever she illuminates with the, um, I think it was a match. I don't remember if it's a match or a flashlight. It has been a couple of days. But whatever she sees with the match or flashlight. Then all of a sudden there's another girl, or there's another person with her. Um, they share a very tender moment. It is a guy where she leans her head on him. And then all of a sudden she's up. And realizes it was just a dream. Um, maybe it's about... Well, I couldn't really tell what the purpose of this one was. And the fact that I just couldn't tell what the message was. I think it was about losing your best friend. Because it seems like they were there at one point, And now they just aren't anymore. So she's in the cellar kind of seeing him. Even though he may no longer be there. In the final of the student short category, it was called Coach versus Coach. Uh, this one started with a dream sequence. Uh, the dream sequence is basically this coach is pushing someone to their wits end about learning how to ride a bike. Uh, they fall over and their hood comes off and you realize it's the coach himself that has been pushing himself. Um, it's really tough to watch because that coach is very demanding, very pushy and everything like that. And then there's a real life sequence. And truthfully, you can question whether the dream sequence and the real life sequence are switched. Obviously, the coach coaching them co uh, themselves is a little tougher because it feels very dream-esque. But so what I've called the real life sequence follows that same coach who's working with a soccer player. 
And the soccer player is very hard on themselves, but the coach is very loving and very understanding and wants to push them to be their best, but also doesn't want to push them too far. And it keeps going back and forth between the dream coach and the real life coach. Dream coach pushing himself, the real life coach not pushing the kid too far where he breaks down or anything like that. Um, what I definitely felt the message was, was sometimes we are harder on ourselves, we coach ourselves a little harder and we need to go easier on ourselves. We need to be that real life coach and understand our shortcomings are not because of a lack of effort or a lack of trying. It's just because we can't do the same. And it was one of those things where it, another one that kind of hit my heartstrings and kind of made me feel that way. And I don't know if this is what the filmmaker felt or not. I could be an English teacher right now telling you the door was blue because of sadness. Um, but it's just personally what I felt with it. And that's a lot of what I'm going to give you the rest of this episode. So for the best student shorts, um, last for me was I Love What You Have Done With The Place. And again, none of these films are bad. None of these films, I would watch any of them again in a second. This one was just more so I didn't get a meaning from it. I didn't get the storyline of it. Again, I think it was somebody that was there and no longer is there. But that might be what I'm inferencing versus what I actually know. So that's why I gave it five. Uh, four was How to Tie a Tie. I just thought it was a little predictable. Um, that's not a bad thing because I also said it's something I very much relate to. It's something that stuck with me. So I got fourth because of predictability, not because of content. Uh, Coach vs. Coach was three. Uh, again, another thing very relatable that we're harder on ourselves and everything like that. Uh, just a little confusing at times because you didn't know if you were in the dream sequence or the real life sequence. Even though they changed colors and they did a good job with that. You know, it's just there was a lot of quick swaps where your brain doesn't quite catch up with it. Uh, number two was Two Bay Root. Um, I really like this one because it really was a good juxtaposition and you understand why they still have a love letter for this country, even though it's war-torn and they're in a place that arguably at this point is prettier. It's not the place you grew up in. It's not the place you fell in love with first. Um, just something like something like that has, it, it stuck with me. And then finally, Rocky Road. Again, I've said this enough, but I find humor very hard to do. Uh, drama is also very hard to do, but I just find with humor, it's harder to hit without coming across as hokey or, um, you know, quippy. It, there's a difference between the MCU quippy and the MCU actually funny, you know, just to compare it to that. This was actually funny, even though nothing was said. I got exactly what the point was, and I laughed a ton at this one. So that was best student short. Um, the next category is a little shorter. It is best documentary short. Um, there was only two in this one. And so the first one was called The Last Photo Walk. Uh, it is following a photographer and his last photo walk in a country before he moves to the next one. So this idea was very cool. Um, essentially, you move to a different country for a couple months at a time to kind of explore, take photos, that kind of thing. And what I thought was the really good idea of it was the idea of the photo walks are you can get a bunch of people together into a group that take pictures of different things, just whatever catches them or whatever. 
But it was just kind of the idea was you walk with people that are also photographers, you share these ideas, and you share these tips and everything like that. And what was really cool is seeing the photos at the end because what he takes photos of versus what everybody else takes photos of is completely different. And it's just the way you interpret things. Um, one of the things that he said in this was that the photo walks were created to not feel as solitary because photography can feel very solitary. You're taking pictures on your own. You're developing them on your own because you're doing film and you're in a dark room. Um, and you do it as on yourself. Um, it's really a chance to connect and feel a part of something. And one of the things that was also cool is the idea of these photo walks where you go to a different country to experience a different culture and you see different things. And really, because of your culture, you're raising everything like that. I think that's what was the coolest part is because everybody sees their own thing with the same subjects. You can take a picture of the same thing and have four different photographers take a picture of the same thing. And everyone might be different in some way because it's just the way you see it. So this was their last one before they moved to the next country. Um, so it was kind of cool to experience that. The second documentary film was called Celebrating a Century. And it's all about Danbury, Connecticut, which is great. Um, Danbury, Connecticut. This is the Lebanon American Club of Danbury. It's been a century for this club existing. Basically, the Lebanese... Um, Immigrants at this time created a club where people can go to feel at home. And what was really cool about this was seeing this uh, Lebanon American club, basically what they do for their area. So it's a very cool idea. And the fact that like the Lebanon American club was a place where Lebanese Americans could all come together and feel a part of something. But what they also focus on is the things they've done in the community and everything. Uh, they were talking about the, when the Special Olympics came to Yale. Danbury is not really right next to Yale, yet the Lebanese American Club volunteered to host people that were competing. They were volunteering to work the event, everything like that. It's just the kind of things they do around the community that they kind of picked up on and just were a part of. Um, like I said, it's a very cool concept and the fact that the Lebanese or Lebanon American Club was a place that people could feel welcome, and especially in a time where, who knows? I mean, it's been a hundred years. Who knows how Lebanese Americans were felt about at that point? Um, I'm sure they didn't have as many as they definitely are probably now. So this may be one of the first, and it did lead to a lot of Lebanese people coming to Danbury, Connecticut. Um, so, the best documentary category. I gave The Last Photo Walk the number one spot. Um, both of these were awesome. Both of these I learned a lot. I just found The Last Photo Walk a little more interesting to me. It's just one of those things where, like, the Lebanon American Club is very cool. And it's been around for a century. And it should be remembered in a film like this. And I hope it is. And I hope it's seen by a lot more people. Uh, Last Photo Walk was just kind of more cool because... I like the idea of photography in different countries and everything like that, including Lebanon. Who knows? Um, so that's that's my thought process there. The next category of films. So this one is a little longer. 
This one was called Best Holiday Short. So because it is the Yule Film Festival, there's a lot more holiday shorts at this point. The first one called Ho Ho Hostage. Uh, basically, a man breaks into a house while looking like Santa, thinking they can get away with stealing some stuff. The homeowner holds him hostage, thinking he is Santa, and wanting him to bring him a long-awaited puppy. The homeowner basically has been asking for a puppy for years from Santa Claus and has never gotten it because whatever reason he thinks he's been cl uh, good enough but for whatever reason santa's never brought him a puppy while the guys held hostage literally the two bond and they become friends and they share a bottle of whiskey for the night both of them falling asleep and waking up the next morning they realize that they had fallen asleep at the same house and the Santa guy is ready to get out of there, and all of a sudden they hear a box start barking. Santa has left them a puppy. I thought this one was cute. It was kind of fun. It was a definite different idea of Santa and break-ins and stuff like that. And it's funny because this has kicked off kind of a trend, I will say, for these shorts. Uh, because the next one is called The Santa Situation, which is another break-in related story. Basically, Santa comes into this couple's house and the husband of the couple comes downstairs and confuses him for a robber. And is ready to fight him, ready to um, take him out and everything like that. Santa obviously gets the upper hand. Because he's Santa and he knows all and sees all. And then the wife comes down, also ready to fight because she thinks Santa's a robber. Another situation unfolds and the couple's basically tied up and held hostage by the real Santa. Um, <laughs> this one was kind of funny because it was just one of those stop talking and you'll get out of the situation. But the couple keeps going back and forth. No, he's a robber. He's he's not the real Santa. He's not jolly enough. He's not fat enough. He's too fat. Whatever it is, they keep talking back and forth. So the real Santa gets angry. Um, and especially when they try to escape, he ties them even tighter and then decides, you know what? If you think I'm a robber, I'm going to get my vengeance. And I called it Holly Jolly Vengeance. Santa basically robs them of their valuable, valuables. And uh, <laughs> the weirdest part of this one was he leaves a reindeer present in their fridge. Uh, you can only guess what a reindeer present is, but it is a very long, extreme turd. So he leaves that in their fridge and leaves. The next morning they get free. They open the fridge and they realize what has happened. So that is the Santa situation. The third one is called The Weight. It is an animation that is done completely in black and white, except for one part. You'll see what it is in a second. Uh, basically, it, it's very short. Um, all of these are 11 minutes or less, but this one was about maybe two or three minutes. Um, everybody's waiting for Santa. We are focused on one kid who is very much getting excited to see Santa. And it's getting close to the end of the time Santa's supposed to be at the mall. So the kid is getting very anxious, doesn't know if he's going to make it. 
and it keeps going back and forth. It's it's flipping quickly to make you feel this pressure of time and everything. Kid jumps on Santa's lap, tells him what they want. Elf takes a picture. Next, Kid jumps on Santa's lap. And it's back and forth, back and forth. But it's done so quickly that you kind of feel like, okay, is this kid going to make it? Is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And finally, the kid makes it to the front. Great. All right. He's going to be able to tell Santa what he wants. And he pees on Santa's lap. That is the only thing that is not black and white because it is a yellow puddle appearing on Santa's lap. Uh, this was done in a very sketch comedy, sketch style of animation. And truthfully, I think that works best for it. If you were to color it or make it any better, I don't think it would have the same appeal as it does this way. So it looks very sketchy. Um, I, I think, honestly, that works for it. The third one of the holiday short ones is called Cookie Crash. Um, we've all been there. We had that sugar crash where you come down from eating a ton of sugar and you just feel like you can't get the energy anymore. But normally when you crash on sugar, you get a little sleepy, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Santa is preparing his list before the final check so that he can go on his trip. And he's run out of cookies. But unlike us, he doesn't get sleepy. No, he gets hungry. And more specifically, hangry. So he goes to his cookie vault to try to figure out if any cookies are in there. Nope, there's no cookies in there. So what is he going to do? He goes to the lunchroom where all the elves are eating lunch happily, you know, talking with their friends, everything like that. Everything's cool. Until all of a sudden, Santa realizes there's no cookies in the lunchroom. What's he to do? There's no cookies. He needs his cookies because it's Santa. Well, Santa starts seeing the elves as cookies. Luckily, Santa just locks the cookies slash elves into his cookie safe. There's no actual like eating of elves. It's not an elf genocide or anything like that he just goes a little crazy and starts locking up elves and catching them in different ways and there's a scene of course where one is away up on the roof he's trying to get him and the entire roof comes down but he gets him and locks him in the safe and then finally the thing that saves the day is mrs claus brings more cookies so santa gets a little more sane he eats these cookies he's happy again and then all of a sudden he starts coughing. Uh-oh. What does Santa need? He needs milk. And there's no milk. But that last elf is starting to look a little like some milk. And there's the end of Cookie Crash. The fourth one is called Kitsch. K-I-T-S-C-H. Um, this is, I think, stop motion. I can't really tell. It, it may be stop motion or a different kind of animation to make... It looked like stop motion. Basically, it is a tale of the mantelpieces we set up. So when we have our baby Jesus and our Mary and our snowman and everything else on the mantle, um, this is kind of the story of them being set up on there. Um, there's a snowman who is our main character that is kind of learning how to be a mantelpiece. He is learning from the statue of Mary who has been through this thousands of times. You know, she's the pro's pro. She's been there forever. You only have to get through the month, everything like that. The problem is they were set up the day after Thanksgiving. 
and they also last until the 8th or 9th, I can't remember exactly, but the 8th or 9th of January. So they last a lot longer than they needed to to try to appear as mantelpieces. Filled with a bunch of different kind of mantelpieces. We have the snowman, of course. We have Mary. We have the baby Jesus. Uh, we have Jazz Santa that plays saxophone. We have an elf, a gnome. All these kind of things that are just on this mantelpiece. And basically it just becomes who can last the longest or remain the sanest while waiting for the holiday season to end. So Kitsch was the fifth. The sixth is called Twas the Night Before Christmas Break. Uh, this is a Christmas story that is done as a story of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Although it's about two kids in college before the college break. Basically they have alcohol in their room. And an RA finds them as two underage students with alcohol. She is hosting a Christmas party before the break. And instead of writing them up, she says, you need to help me set up my party. Enjoy it. Everything like that. Because I want this to be a rousing success. So the two boys thinking, okay, we can help this. We can do this. Whatever. Goes down. And they basically find all the decorations and everything. And... They start setting it up and they kind of, um, one thing leads to another. The decorations start getting wrecked. The tree gets wrecked. Everything starts getting wrecked and they are kind of, uh-oh, what do we do now? Because the RA is going to come back. She's going to write us up because we've screwed this party up for her. They make a little Christmas tree out of red solo cups, which I thought was kind of cute actually, um, you know, it's kind of bringing it full circle and everything like that. And the RA is just like, okay, cute. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. That's funny. Um, they close the door to where the real party was because they don't want her to see the wreck. So she gets past the red solo cup Christmas tree. She opens the door and they're trying to explain and everything like that. And she opens it up and it's better than she had ever planned. All the decorations are up. Everything looks amazing. And... The boys get left a little message saying Santa was here to help. So they get a little help from Santa to have this party before Christmas break. And the RA doesn't write them up a happy ending for all. And the final one of this category of best holiday short is called Santa's Warehouse. Basically, Santa's Warehouse is an Amazon warehouse. And they have one elf that was lucky enough to clean it all. Uh, it is done by narration. Or there's narration throughout. Basically, there's no talking besides the narration that tells the story of the elf that is meant to clean up the uh, Amazon slash Santa's warehouse on Christmas Eve. Now that all the toys have been packed away and everything like that, basically just need to clean it, get it ready for the next year. So this one elf is cleaning the entire warehouse, but has found a forklift that they really, really, really want to drive so he starts driving it around and having a blast on christmas eve you know if he's gonna work this is what he should be able to do and all of a sudden it breaks and he's trying to figure out oh no how do i get back to its spot so santa knows i didn't take this forklift out for a ride he's doing everything he can and finally he gives up and he's just i can't do this i can't figure it out he cleans up the rest of the warehouse except for the forklift knowing he's going to be in trouble his goose is cooked but he finds in the area where santa left a previous message letting him know that he needed to clean the warehouse there's another message there 
have fun riding the forklift. It may die on you, but it's okay. So Santa's elf gets away with it scot-free because Santa knew he wanted to ride the forklift and nothing else. This was a little bit harder of a category to rate all of these because every single one was a little bit of a delight, brought a smile to my face. Um, they were all funny. They were all good. Um, none of it was cheesy. None of it was hokey. So, trying to give it an order. Again, one of these films is going to be in last. And again, it doesn't deserve it because truthfully, it was a great film. And I'm fully ready to be prepared if the awards say differently that I was wrong about it. The number seven film of this I gave to Kitsch. Um, not because of the concept. I liked the concept a lot. Um, the animation style just wasn't quite lining up to the idea they had. So with more of a budget, I think this could have been a lot better. Um, truthfully, again, it wasn't bad. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just not as good as the other ones. And that's what I'm also going to say about number six, which was that ho-ho hostage. I thought it was a fun concept about the puppy and the Santa getting held hostage until the uh, next day. I thought that was a cute idea. And especially their friendship, you could tell they were actually kind of friends by the end of it. And they were waiting another year after it that was just kind of an epilogue of the two of them spending Christmas together. I thought that was kind of nice too. Number five, I gave to Santa's Warehouse. I thought it was a good idea. Um, the idea was just kind of, at the end, what I give it is just more so the warehouse setting more than anything else, which is kind of what it needed. So I gave it that just because it, I'm splitting hairs at this point. I just needed to find something to rate something lesser than another. So none of these things I think are bad or kill it or anything like that. I would happily see any of these again. It's just, I got to split hairs at this point. Number four was twas the night before Christmas break. Like that idea a lot. Um, the RA Christmas party. I've had that many times in my life as well as I've been written up by an RA. They weren't really as cool as the RA in this story. So that kind of brought about feelings for me as well. <laughs> uh, number three was the wait. The one where the kid peed on Santa's lap at the mall. I thought that was hysterical. Um, just kind of one of those things where it's like they did nothing wrong, but it was also short. So that's the difference maker. Number two, I gave to the Santa situation. Truthfully, the couple's commentary was the best part of that. It made me laugh the entire way. Uh, if I had anything negative to say about this one, I think it went a little too long for what it was. And again, this is less than 11 minutes, so it's not anything other than I think it went a little too long in the fact that I think they could have done their concept in a little less time. And finally, that brings me to my number one, Cookie Crash. Cookie Crash was one of my favorites of the entire thing. It was so well done and the story and everything. And there was no real talking uh, except for just like sound effects and noises and ooh, cookie and that kind of stuff. And so it was really well done. It was kind of fun to see the animation style uh, as well as just the idea of the fact that Santa's committing elf genocide because of cookies and then milk. So I thought that was very funny and very unique. Um, so I'm about halfway through these films, uh, through the categories at least. Uh, there was three on this end. There is four on the other end, but that one's a little shorter because there's not as many films. 
Uh, there's no categories that had as many as this one, which was seven. So I'm going to take a quick break, uh, and then I will come back to tell you about the rest of the Yule Film Festival. And we are back talking about the Yule Film Festival. I hope you've all gotten your Christmas shopping or your Hanukkah shopping or your Kwanzaa shopping done. Uh, we are on to one of my favorite categories. So this one is called Best LGBTQ Plus Shorts. Uh, basically, all three of these stories dealt a little bit with some kind of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, uh, queer plus storylines. So let's dive into it. There's three in this category. The first one to air was called Discovery. Uh, it is a story about two girls that are attending Pride in the South. It just so happened to be two sisters that are themselves gay. Um, the older sister came out a while ago, making it easier for the younger sister to come out to her mother. And originally seeming... Um, so this is in the South. So I originally thought immediately something is going to happen at this Pride event. Luckily, that is not the case. And the girls go and have a great time. Basically, the idea was at the beginning was it was the younger sister's first pride event. And the older sister was supposed to take care of her and get her home in a decent hour. With that set up, I thought something terrible was going to happen for the event. Um, it did not. They actually had a great time. They got home on time. They sleep. And basically, the younger sister wakes up the next morning. And she walks out of her room to the older sister and the mom silently talking. We don't hear what they're talking about, but you can tell something has happened. Basically, the younger sister asks what happened. And then it goes to her opening her laptop in her room. And it is a news report that is talking all about the Pulse nightclub tragedy. Where uh, the shooter in the Orlando... Uh, Pulse nightclub killed a bunch of gay people. Um, it was based on a true story and a true experience. And it was one of those things where it's hard because it is based in true life and real life. Um, and especially because I did think that something was going to happen at this Pride event in the South because I believe it was in Alabama. I don't remember exactly. It was Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, um, one of those three where I thought something was going to happen at this Pride event. Uh, when I got through that realization, it was kind of one of those, okay, cool, maybe it's not a depressing story. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, it's called discovery. Maybe it's about discovering yourself and discovering maybe a true love or something like that. Um, discovery of this event was definitely a lot harder to bear. Um, so that is Discovery, the first of the LGBTQ plus shorts. The second was called Vlad and Nick. I thought this was a very different take on Santa and why he has been around for forever. The story is told by Vlad, who, if you couldn't guess, is Vladimir. And more specifically, a vampire who has turned Santa. So Santa is a vampire, uh, and that's why he lives forever. That is why he punishes naughty kids and rewards the nice kids. So instead of coal for the naughty kids, basically they get fed on for their blood or turned into vampires themselves. Um, they didn't obviously go into detail about that, but I would guess probably they got fed on. Um, so there was that twist 
And it was kind of a unique take on the fact of Santa being around for forever. Um, and especially because Vlad and Nick, Saint Nick, uh, got together for the first time in a couple hundred years. And that was the premise of the whole thing. The final one was based in truth as well. It is called Merchant Marine Paul Gorky and Alexander Hamilton Post 448. I'll tell you the title does not roll off the tongue, but this was a great one. Uh, it is the first and currently only American Legion's Veterans Post that is for gay people made by gay people. Um, this thing dove into a lot of explaining don't ask, don't tell, and how that was harmful to many people who didn't feel like they can be themselves in the Army or the Navy or whatever. And this was a place where they could truly be themselves and express themselves. Um, it takes place in San, uh, San Francisco and it is named after Alexander Hamilton because of the, I'll say long believed truths of him being bisexual though. No one could actually ever say it seems pretty obvious that he was bisexual. So it's named after him. Um, this was telling the story of Paul Gorky, who was one of its founding members and how they were one of the first gay Marines. Uh, I actually thought this was fantastic, um, more so because it is real people telling a real story. It is people who came out who didn't feel like they had a spot. And this American Legion Veterans Post in San Francisco was one of those places that said, Hey, we're here. We accept you. We are here for you. And they've done a ton in the San Francisco community. Uh, I feel after this and explaining the Celebrating the Century, the Lebanon American Club, I feel like what I'm trying to say is that they have to do stuff around the community to serve a purpose. That is not what I'm meaning. I just find it amazing that the places that do feel like they have to do stuff like that. Not only are they doing stuff, they're doing some amazing work. Um, the Celebrating a Century one where they were doing the Special Olympics at Yale. And this one especially was very open and accepting for the gay community. And that's that's what I think was the coolest part of this whole thing. All of it was interviewing members who didn't feel like they had a place before. And it was really cool to see them kind of open up and brighten up talking about this group because they didn't have to feel like they have to hide who they were. So I thought this was a very good story and a very cool story. And it is my number one of the best LGBTQ plus stories. Um, Vlad and Nick, I thought was pretty interesting. So that's my number two. And Discovery was number three. Again, another great story. Um, what I'll say about this one and this has long been something personally that I feel is that to create drama, sometimes you feel like you need to include that gut punch that you may not necessarily have deserved. This one, again, I thought there was going to be that gut punch that they did deserve. Um, throwing it into Pulse and then not taking anything from it because they kind of just ended on that Pulse tragedy. And I'm sure there's more to the real life experience. And again, these are 11 minute shorts. Who knows? Maybe they couldn't get it in there. That was the problem for me where they just kind of threw it onto a real life tragedy and didn't 
do anything with it. It was just kind of there to close the story. So that's why I got my number three on that one. We move to the category Best Trailer. So there are five of these. All of these are trailers to films that may come out or haven't come out yet. Um, so they're all pretty short. So a lot of my analysis of these are going to be very short. Uh, that's just what it is. So number one of the best trailer was Voices in the Vineyard. It's a horror movie taking place at a vineyard. I said it looked very low budget and the voices that are drawing you into the vineyard. And that is just the way a horror movie should be. I like the fact that it is low budget. Um, all of these are probably low budget in some way, shape, or form because it is a film festival where they haven't been distributed or anything yet. But this one felt very low budget in a good way to a horror movie. So I'll say that's what I thought about that one. The second one I have in this category is called Just Like Water. I only really had one note on this one, and that was I was confused. Um, it's a lot of imagery relating to the water. There's a lot of age changes and everything like that. And so I don't really know where to start with this one. Especially, it was short, it was mysterious, and I just couldn't put my mind around it. Um, I will also say, because I couldn't figure out what it was about, it is my number five for this category overall. It was beautiful, but I just don't know what to think about it. The third trailer in this one was called Garbage People. It is stop motion meeting Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That's what I felt about it. It's like adult animation, but it was about a bunch of garbage dwelling characters. Um, it's very funny, but it also relied on a lot of gross out humor. So that's my issue with it. Number four was called A Town Full of Ghosts. It's a found footage horror movie. It's a couple who basically buy a ghost town that they're trying to prove if there's actually ghosts there or not. So they do the whole ghost exploration thing and there definitely are ghosts and there's definitely scares aplenty. So that's A Town Full of Ghosts, the fourth film and best trailer. The final one is called Tony Martone. Uh, it's all about a mob hitman. And I described this one as basically the Sopranos, but humorous, even if they didn't intend to be. I left Tonder in this one. Basically, it was, I'm Tony Martone. I'm a mob hitman. Don't mess with me or I'll fuck you up. Like, that's kind of the level of dialogue and everything like that. I laughed hysterically at this one. Um, when it comes to actual movies, I'd rather see all of I'd rather see a town full of ghosts or voices in the vineyard, but just the trailer alone, the Tony Martone had me rolling on the floor laughing, so that's my number one of this category. Town full of ghosts, number two. Voices in the vineyard, number three. I'm also a big horror fan, so that also kind of decides my order on this one. Uh, four was Garbage People, and number five, just because I could not figure it out, was Just Like Water. So the second to last category was Best Female Directors, obviously films directed by females. Uh, the number one for this one, the first one, not my rating, was Becoming Santa. Uh, it is all about a young girl who is part of the popular clique in the school area. She has a party, uh, and basically her father was trying to get her to visit with Santa, who was visiting at this party. 
take a picture, you know, tell him what you want, all of those little things to make your dad happy. But Santa basically tells her, like, seeing who she is, about the best way to spread cheer, which is spreading kindness, smiling, you know, giving giving your best attitude towards things and everything like that. And the idea of the film, I feel like, is she becomes Santa and the idea that she spreads generosity and kindness. She turns a new leaf, even though she's part of the popular clique, she breaks out and kind of spreads joy and gets the underappreciated kids, the people that were shit on by the popular clique and kind of like reaches out to them, becomes friendly with them. And at first she's met with resistance. And I mean, that's honestly, I would do the same, but she keeps at it and she keeps it going. And what I think was the best part of it was the end. You see a real smile from her. It's not just like a, yeah, I'm part of the popular clique. Ha 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 ha. Now it's really, Hey, it's really nice talking to you. It's really nice being friendly and it's just a real smile and it makes you a little happy in the inside. And I think especially with the holiday season and everything like that, this one hit home a little more and the fact that it just brightened my mood. You know, it just made me a little more happy about the season. So uh, the second film was called Begin and Ends in Eden. Uh, This was about a girl who makes a wrong turn and ends up at a house party. Um, The party ends up becoming a drug trip, both for Eden and the audience. It's a little, you know, you're supposed to be confused. You're supposed to be a little messed up. Um, And we see the after effects of the party. And Eden seems to be like a lot more adult than she was before. She's no longer this kid. She's kind of grown up a little bit. And she's also kind of developed a little more as like who she's going to be. Um, so that's, it begins and ends in Eden. Interesting for sure. That's what, that's what I'll say about this one. Um, the third film of this category was called the Christmas heist and basically it's home alone, but instead if the kid idolized the bandits, um, there's been a rash of home invasions around the Christmas season. This kid hears his parents talking about it. But he's still very excited, and we think it's originally about the fact that Santa's coming, and he's going to stay up and catch a picture of Santa. The burglar breaks in, and instead of Santa, he's very excited to see the burglar. He gives him a special toy that means a lot to him, and basically he tries to help him pack up the belongings and everything. Um... The burglar appeases him at first and then finally is just like, kid, you should not idolize me. You shouldn't be a fan of me. And what we learn at the end is the burglar kind of changes heart. He sees this kid that idolizes him and realizes that he might not be the idol for everybody, but some people are learning from him and everything. And when he sees the toy that the kid gave him, he kind of changes his mind and gives all the stuff back. And the kid wakes up the next day not being taken with the the burglar as a henchman. So he kind of learns as well, okay, this is not somebody I should idolize, but, you know, he didn't take our stuff because he does feel protective of me. The final film of the Best Female Directors category was called Contention. This knew what it was from the very beginning. 
basically it's eight mile, but with an immigrant of Middle Eastern or Indian descent. Um, there's this Indian or Middle Eastern kid. We never get the exact country, so I don't want to be politically incorrect. So this Middle Eastern or Indian kid, um, he works for his dad's company. His dad grew from the ground up, started his own company when he got here. He's this very successful businessman. And so the kid is following in his footsteps and trying to find his voice. That's what I, that's what I keep coming back to uh the kid likes to rap make his own rap music he failed miserably in a rap battle so he feels kind of like he can't use his own voice he feels trapped because he can't use his voice in the business world he can't use his voice in the rap world anymore so when he's on business meetings he can't do it anymore he can't talk to people he always feels like he's failing but when he gets home, he can't go do what he wants to do with rap or anything like that. So he writes his own stuff and he raps in his room. And the dad records him rapping in his room and posts it on the internet. And it basically goes, it goes viral. I include that in quotes because it's not viral. But he says he's got like 8,000 views in 24 hours or something like that. And the kid's just kind of like, wow, okay, these people like me. And the dad goes, do what you want to do. Don't don't feel like I'm holding you back or anything like that. And so he goes to a rap battle, at just like 8 Mile. He finds his voice. And, of course, we don't see the end, but you know he won. And the funny thing is about this one, um, and this is no offense to the filmmaker or anything like that, I actually felt like his rap was better before the rap battle. I felt like that one was a little more um, contrived, is what I'll say. I still like it. I like the message, everything like that. So, the four films and best female directors. Number four, I give Begins and Ends in Eden. Uh, it was good, but it was very confusing. Um, like I said, it was a drug trip for the audience. So I really just didn't know what the message was of it. I think I had it, but again, I I personally like films that beat you over the head with the meaning. Sorry, I do. I'm simple. I like movies like that. Um, that's just personally me. Number three, I gave Contention, which was the eight mile uh, Middle Eastern Indian descent kid. It knew what it was and it did it well. And because of the contrived rap, I think that's why it went lower on my list. Or it might just be these two were in my top 10. So the the two left in this category. Becoming Santa, I gave number two because I thought the message was very well spoken and very well done. Um, it's done with a lot of kid actors and actresses. So I think that's part of the problem why I gave it two versus one is just because they didn't give the best, most convincing performances sometimes. But overall, I still loved it. I loved the message, everything like that. And number one, I gave the Christmas heist. That kid was awesome in that one. And the burglar was great. And the, the meaning of it was awesome. I really liked that one. I thought that one was excellent. We have one category left. This one was probably the toughest to decide between. This one was animation or stop motion shorts. 
So all of these are animation or stop motion. Um, a lot of these made my final top 10. So that's why I say the, this was probably one of the toughest. So jumping in to number one of the animation stop motion shorts was one called Despera. Um, I thought this was beautiful. It is a beautiful stop motion film. It's a person falling into a sack of some variety. I can't really tell what it is, but it just, you know, they're stuck and they just can't get out of it. Finally, after a lot of wriggling, their arm breaks free. And you see the arm and it's just wriggling and reaching for anything it can because it just wants to get out of the sack. The wriggling arm reaches another person's arm. And you see the arms and you see them start to slow as they grab each other's arms. But the other person is also in a sack that got their arm free. And though they are still stuck, uh, that everything stops and slows down because they have that human contact. This is the one that I've thought about the most since this film festival because I thought it was very beautifully done. I have no clue what it means. I, I, I've racked my mind about it. I think it's human contact makes us feel, even if we're stuck, feel a little more comforted. I don't know what the meaning is, but I've thought about this one probably the most because it was so beautiful and so beautifully done in the stop motion. And that's what's going to be weird about my rating at the end. Again, I said this is one of the tougher ones. The second film was called The Waltz. Um, this one was done in animation style. Basically, it's a person that's born and immediately starts dancing, even though they can't dance, but they're dancing in the arms of death or the Reaper as we know it. Um, as the film goes on, the person grows and becomes more a part of the dance until finally as an old person, they're nailing all the moves, but they finally fall dead at death's arms and they go to the next part of their life which is another room outside of this waltzing ballroom. Um, I thought this was the dance we all do in life. I thought it was a very good message of just the short time we have on this earth because it was very short. It's not longer than five minutes, maybe at most. And even that, I mean, I feel like that's too long for what I thought I saw. It's just an idea of... Dancing with death until finally death catches up with you. Or you catch up with death, really. Um, so that's The Waltz. The third film is called From Within. Um, this is basically just stop motion. It At first, focus... Well, no, the entire time it focuses on what seems like a woman's legs. Um, the beginning, the legs are on the ground. Then... As the film goes on, they step up a little bit, but they like kind of break and go different directions. And finally, they stand upright and they do their motions and the motions are beautiful. And it ends with clapping and flowers being surrounded by the feet. And it's just kind of an idea of we put ourselves through pain or we put ourselves through misery to gain adoration and love. Um, that's what I saw in it. And nobody sees the struggle to get there. 
But that's what we go through to get there. Um, that's what I took from it. I think it's very well done. Um, and the fact that it just focuses on feet and that that's the idea I got from it says a lot about it. The fourth film in this category is called Smithy. Um, if you've ever read the comic book Mouse, M-A-U-S, and an umlaut over the A, that's a lot of what I got from this one. It seems like a, w, or a World War II background. Basically, these mice police are looking for owls in a small town. And there are these mice in this factory or whatever that are protecting the owls from the mice police and making sure they don't get taken out. Um, I definitely thought this was like a take on the Gestapo and the World War II treatment of Jewish people. Um, just because the mice and the owls very much, even though they're predator prey, that kind of stuff, in this particular one, they see the owls as they are and they protect them from the mouse Gestapo. Um, very cool animation style, very well done. Like I said, I thought it was a lot like Mouse, the comic book. If you've never read that, please take the time to do so. It's very much similar to this, too. The fifth film in this is called Lonely Soul. Uh, the comments I say is, all of us need love. Basically, this man in stop motion is following this light beam that he thinks is a lost soul. And he keeps following it and following it and following it. And he goes further following it and gets stuck in this area and the light beam becomes this like creature this hideous creature with like forearms big big masked face you know like could easily take the person out and though he's terrified at first the man then comes up to the creature and gives it a hug and at first the creature's kind of like taken aback by it and then the creature kind of moves its front arms forward kind of embracing the man as well and it's just kind of that idea of no matter what we look like no matter what we feel like no matter what we're lost sometimes it's just that human contact that gets us you know we just want to hug we want to we want to be told we're okay that kind of stuff the final film of this entire film festival as well as the animation stop motion shorts is called santa doesn't need your help um, I felt like these stop motion and these animations, a lot of them are very beautiful and very dramatic. This one, also very beautiful, but it's humorous. Um, basically, Santa has grown old and tired, but he still feels like he can get the job done or he feels like he needs to do everything on his own. So this is a rhyming narration and it's very funny dialogue. Um... Basically, he goes through his normal stuff. After getting stuck, he realizes he needs to ask for help. It's it's just you get to that point and you think you don't need help. And finally, you're just like, I need help. I need somebody to help me. Sansa's old at this point, you know, so he just needs a little bit of help to get done what he used to be able to do. Like I said, this one's done through rhyming. It's all done through narration. You see, obviously, the animation and everything like that as it's narrated. This is my number one of the category. I thought it was very fun. I thought it was very 
uh, well thought out and well done. The rhyming, great, everything like that. Despera, I said the uh, beautiful stop motion one. That is number two. It's the one I've thought about the most. And even though I give it number two, it's still something that I think about to this day. Because it was really well done. It's very well done. So I highly recommend if you can find it anywhere to check this one out. Number three I gave to the waltz. Um, this idea of dancing with death and finally catching up with you. I, I like that one a lot. Um, Smithy, number four, with the Gestapo mice and the owls and everything like that. Uh, because of Red Mouse, it's something that I liked a lot because I do know the storyline and everything like that. And that's what I picked up from it. Lonely Soul. I actually think I had the sixth originally. And it's just more so because the human's design and the stop motion creeped me the hell out. And it's funny because the creature was supposed to creep you out more, but it's the human that creeped me out. But I've watched it a second time, uh, finding it on the internet, because it is on the internet somewhere. Um, after finding that and watching it again, I actually really liked it a lot more the second time. So I gave that fifth. And finally, from within, the stop motion feet that are dancing and everything like that, um, I gave it sixth. And more so just because it was just simple. And the way these transcended simple, I think it's still very good. Very, very good. Um, if you ask me tomorrow, six through one could completely change. It, just because this was the toughest category. So, this may give me an extra commercial in my commercial break. I hope not, because I don't like to make you guys sit through commercials. But if it does... I think this was just very important that I give you my top 10. So my top 10 of these films. And again, if you do not hear yourself on these lists, I think all of these were excellent. They are very well done. Uh, if you can find it online tomorrow, if you're listening to this day one, please do. If you can find any of these films anywhere, check them out and support your local film festivals. This was a really awesome experience. So I'm going to give you my top 10 even though I want to give it all top 10. My number 10, I gave The Waltz, which is that one about dancing with death, the stop mode, or the animated, and basically dancing with death your entire life. I thought that was excellent. Number nine, The Wait. That was the black and white animated where the kid's waiting in line, and then he pees on Santa's lap. Thought it was hysterical. I thought it was very well done. And the sketchy animated style, and I mean sketchy and like it looks like a sketch, was very good for what it is. Number eight, the Santa situation. That's the couple who thinks that Santa is just a robber. Um, again, I said this one is a little too long, but overall, I laughed hysterically at this one. I think I actually had a tear out of my eye that I needed to wipe away because I was laughing so hard. Number seven and best documentary was Last Photo Walk. That was the one where basically the photographer was doing photo walks in this country. This was the last one of this country before he moved away. And how you find different subjects, different meanings. Um, I thought this was very well done. It's something that I truly enjoyed watching. And I would, I would actually see a lot more of that too. Number six, uh, best uh, female director is becoming santa that was the little girl who talked to santa who basically said you need to spread joy kindness smile 
to make people feel the season a little more. And I thought that was a very good message as well as the smile at the end was just the most real smile that made it truthfully feel like the, the girl in the story had learned her lesson. Number five, Despera, the stop motion in the sacks with the arms breaking free. That one still haunts me and in the best way. I keep thinking about that film and I don't know what it means. I really don't. I have my ideas, but I just don't know what it means. And I think that's what I like best about it. Also in that same category, Santa doesn't need your help. That's my number four. It was a very cute story. The narration was excellent. The dialogue was humorous. And the fact that the narration tells you the story, but also makes you laugh. And it's stuff that I've said before, when humor feels contrived, that's when I hate it more. This one doesn't feel contrived. It feels really realistic to what the Santa needs your help story should be. Number three, Elf Genocide. It is Cookie Crash, the animated um, in the best holiday short category where Santa is run out of cookies and he starts seeing the elves' cookies. I love that one. I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was so good. Um, everything about it was excellent. Number two, from the student category. A student category made it to my number two, which they should be incredibly proud of. Uh, Rocky Road, the kid who is best friends with a rock with googly eyes. Everything about it. I think I could have told you exactly what would have happened in this film. And I still was caught off guard and laughed so freaking fucking hard. Um, sorry, I gotta earn that explicit grade. So I laughed so fucking hard at this one. The rock had the best emotions. And it's a rock. Uh, the kid was excellent in it. And... It, it all around was just amazing. And finally, my number one from the best female directors category, The Christmas Heist. Home Alone of the Kid Wanted to Join the Bandits. Everything about this film was excellent. The look of it, the kid was hysterical, the burglar, he was perfectly cast, the parents, everything about it was amazing. Um, so yeah, I want to talk more about this. I've gone way over my time limit, but I want to talk more about this because it was just such a cool experience to be invited to a film festival. I, I can't say thank you enough to my friend Don and everybody else who made this happen. Um, truthfully, this was an amazing experience and I cannot wait to go in the future I highly recommend it to anybody that can check it out tomorrow or check it out in the future. Um, it seems like virtual is still going to be a part of it, even if you are not in the area, which is great because I cannot wait to be a part of this again and hopefully see all these films. Um, truthfully, every last one of them swung for the fences and they hit a home run. Uh, not a single one I'm looking at going... Oh, wow. They, they kind of missed the mark there. Every single one was excellent. And I highly recommend checking them out if you can find them online or if you can just support them in some way. So that is the Yule Film Festival. Um, you should definitely check it out. My friend Don, he's done an amazing job running it. 
I cannot wait to see what next year brings because truthfully, we were talking about it. Every single one of these films was excellent. So that'll do it for me, Mike. Um, I hope you enjoyed this special edition of Game for a Movie where we ask, are you game for a movie? I can't wait to give you my Christmas episode as well because I have watched a terrible Christmas movie. Hopefully that's going to be with Jill and Andre. We'll see because they are doing stuff with their families because it is the holiday season. But I have watched a terrible Christmas movie. Uh, I can't wait to present it to you because, oh dear Lord, on this one. Um, It is definitely not good enough to be in the Yule Film Festival, which was excellent. So I'll see you next time on Game for a Movie where we ask, are you game for a movie? See you next time.